I'm Jonah with Rewind, Recap, Relive, telling you why you should watch our show. We take one legend each week and one rising star and we pair them up with each other and see where the conversation goes. We talk some of the biggest events in pro wrestling history with the legends who were there themselves and how the independent wrestling scene is thriving today with the rising stars. So, if you don't think that's enough, we've also got weekly giveaways coming at you. So much content and if you're a fan of professional wrestling, you should definitely go to YouTube and type in Rewind, Recap, Relive. You won't be disappointed. Click that subscribe button and if that's not enough for you, somebody else has something to say. Blessed daddy, book and man feel good. I tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss online, rewind, recap, relive. Oh yeah. Well, we are live, pals. Welcome to another edition of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. I am Tyler, and as always, I am joined by the one and only, they don't make him like you anymore, Mojito Mike, man. What's going on? I like that. I like that. They don't make him uh, like me anymore. Um, there's a good reason for that. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, you, don't, you don't need any more of me. Listen, before we get going here today, we got to give some big, big shout outs to uh, my lovely girlfriend, Victoria. Hopefully, you guys listen, it sounds a lot better. She went out and splurged, got us both a couple beautiful microphones. Uh, Hopefully, that we're sounding nice and clear for you guys. Big thank you to Victoria. I love you very much. Thank you again, babe. Yeah, that blew me i have no words for that no words at all uh, uh she's all uh, victoria's always uh, really been a help to this podcast but this is uh she went above and beyond this time she hit a grand slam she is the best and uh, i'm probably gonna have no choice but to put a ring on that soon at the very least um it's almost it's probably time for anal you know, it's so funny. I was thinking that in my head, but I didn't want to say she's within arm's reach of me yeah. right now. I, that's the thing. I'll say shit like that because she can't hit me. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, you got me flustered now. Anyways, uh, speaking of being flustered, today we are counting down the top seven Halloween Havoc main events of all time. You finally did it, Mike. You finally got me to watch WCW in the year 2000. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe bury the leader, spoil it later on. But one of my future lists, actually my last list of October, I've been watching a lot of WCW 2004 too. So I'm in the same boat as you. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. And uh, you and I actually didn't even talk about any things that we want to talk about? Well, I got a couple. I got a couple items. I'm sure you do as well. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll just uh, jot off a few things before jumping onto the list. And what we need to remember too, Mike, as we adjust with our brand new microphones, is any movements that we make, we can pick up on the fancy new microphones there. Oh yeah. So all what, your little shuffling there is now on with our listeners. What uh, what part of my body am I touching right now? <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll let you start off with something you want to talk about on the news, so we're not talking about which part of your body uh, we were touching. <laughs> what do you want to What do you want to bang out? 
All right, let's uh, let's carry on from where we started a couple weeks ago and uh, hit up the uh, the pure tournament. The pure title tournament. Uh, I have not been following it. I broke my word to everybody. Uh, have not watched a second of it. I am still way behind on NXT, so the pure title tournament, unfortunately, is taking a backseat for me. But uh, give us a rundown. What's been going on? All right. Well, the last time we talked, uh, there was a few matches. Uh, what was it? I think uh, Jay Lethal had beaten uh, Dalton Castle. Dave Finley had beaten Rocky Romero. Um, Delirious. At, at that point in time, uh, Jonathan Gresham had beaten uh, Wheeler, Utah. And Delirious had beaten Matt, si- uh, Matt Seidel. So where are we at now? What's been going well, on? Well, where we are now is uh, round one is officially over. And that's because uh, Fred Yehi has, has beaten Silas Young. Okay. Tracy Williams beat Russ Taylor. Okay. Um, Josh Woods beat Kenny King. Okay, big upsets there. And PJ Black beat Tony Deppin. Nice. Out of all those, there's only two I was a little upset about. Uh, Josh Woods beating Kenny King. I'm a huge Kenny King, Mark. I always have been, so I was a little disappointed about that. And don't get me wrong, man. I love me some PJ Black. I really do. I, I love me the Darewolf. But I was kind of rooting for Deppin on this one. Yeah. Um, I've been a big fan of Tony Deppin uh, since his GCW days. He's done a lot of cool stuff. and He played a, an amazing heel in GCW. And I really wanted to see uh, him go a little further in this tournament. All right. Well, I will... Try my best to get caught up, but I probably will not get caught up about so, it. Before we, before, before we cut the cord on it, I'll just set up uh, uh, round two for us. Okay. We are now looking at Jay Lethal versus David Finley. Okay. Very, that'll be a great match. Uh, yeah. Fred Yehi versus uh, Tracy Williams. Okay. John Gresham versus Matt Seidel. Okay. And that'll Josh Wood versus Jay Wow. They got some bangers coming in that second round. Absolutely. Well, speaking of something that they tried, uh, I don't know if you want to call this a banger. I don't know if you want to call it a flop. I don't know what you want to call. Uh, let's talk about Ali being revealed as the face of retribution. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they're doing something with him because he's an extremely talented young man. Um <laughs> From what rumor stated, he was supposed to be behind that whole uh, hacker gimmick. Yeah, I, I can see that. That they apparently just dropped and did nothing with. GTV so, What's that? The GTV did. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, well, at least they didn't just say the Hornswoggle was behind it. Oh, God. It's not uh, too late. They still could. Dude, I was half expecting them to bring out Hornswoggle as a leader of retribution. I'm not well, I mean. The way that they booked them so far, you might as well. That being said, this is the most interested I have ever been in Retribution. Yeah. I I want to give him a shot. I Like you said, he's incredibly talented. I really think that this could be a big, big break for him, a big stepping stone if, uh, if they give him the ball to run with. I'd be more interested if they amalgamated those two storylines, Retribution with the hacker thing. That would have been cool. You know, I- you know what else I would like them to do? I would like him to... Uh, unmask and just let these people go by their real names now. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think they they must know that these masks, that like the gimmick part of this is stupid and nobody likes it. Maybe if you kind of drop that thing and reinvent them quickly, 
then maybe you'll be able to get some success out of this. Maybe he can just cut a great promo. Yeah. And, you know, one by one, they take off the mask. He says who they are. Yeah. And he says why they're in the group and what they bring to the table. Kind of exactly. like what Jericho did in AEW when it started, right? With yeah, the inner yeah. circle. Yeah. I would like to see that. I'm not going to hold my breath on it because I just think they look ridiculous. You've got Ali normal. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, they'll probably change his look going forward, but let's hope they don't put him in a mask and call him freaking uh, whale tail or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just these names are, they're going to call him Jockstrap or something. Maybe they'll bring Aldo Montoya back and call him Jockstrap. <laughs> it's funny, though. You say you hope they don't put him behind a mask, and I'm hoping they don't make him lose his mask. Yeah, that mask is cool. Yeah. Uh, let's talk quickly, really, really quickly about uh, NXT TakeOver that just happened. I unfortunately haven't watched it yet. I, I'm kind of uh, about halfway through it. Uh, I watched Kushida and Dream. I love the way they're booking Kushida right now with that killer instinct. Uh, from the sounds of it, it sounds like Candice LeRae and Ido Shirai tore the house down. I'm That's really heard, yeah. watching that because uh, those guys tore the house down to take over Toronto. I was there for that. Me too. That was one of the best matches of the night. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it sounds like the main event was a can't-miss match. It sounds like both these guys got pretty messed up. Hopefully uh, there's no serious injuries to Balor or to uh, Kyle well, O'Reilly. What what are the uh, the rumors? Like, uh, I heard O'Reilly lost some teeth. I heard broken jaw. For a broken jaw? Yeah, I've heard both these guys are in rough shape. So yeah. hopefully. Yeah. And that's going to put him on the shelf. Coming off a classic like that, uh, from all the reviews that I'm hearing, that, that's something that you want to build on that momentum, right? Uh, and also, what did you think about Ember Moon returning to the brand? Well, you just took it out of my mouth. I was just about to say, speaking of injuries, I can't believe we saw her back so soon. Yeah, I thought she was going to be out for quite a while. As did I. Let's talk about that women's division in NXT right now. Holy shit, man. That's the best women's division in all of wrestling. Um, I'm very happy that Ember Moon is part of it. Well, yeah. Well, rather so, than, rather than moving to the to the main roster, right? They now they have now set up Ido Shirai. You can rematch with Candice. You got Shauncee Blackheart on her tails on TV. Tony Storm appeared at the end of the match to call her out, and then Ember Moon as well. Like uh, that's a stacked division. You got Tegan Knox still hanging around in there yep. as well. You know what I mean? There there are main event matches all over the place for that division. I think they've got the belt on the right person for it. Just let her run through and have 20-minute classics with all these girls. You know what I'm thinking? Maybe one of them. I don't know who, but maybe one of the heels maybe could use a mouthpiece. I was thinking, instead of not using her at all, maybe you send Billy Kay back to NXT as a manager. Yeah, I was just going to say, put her as a mouthpiece for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. She has the chops to be the next Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. She's got that that heel persona to her, that, but she's so entertaining. Like she can do it all. Billy Kay and and we've talked about the iconics in general on this show about how underutilized I think they both are and how undervalued they are as as athletes. They're they're fantastic. Well, Peyton Royce is coming up. Uh, apparently, she the the management is very high on her. Mm-hmm. So I think I think we're going to see a lot of great things from Peyton Royce, but I think they've already just lost complete interest in Billy Kay, which is unfortunate. Yes, Peyton was my favorite of the two, but the, I'm not taking anything away from Billy Kay. She's very talented. I just think she's more more talented in a charismatic, um, 
Mike stance, you know, yeah. than than a professional wrestler. No, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. You got anything else on your news list you want to run through there, Mike? Um, I feel uh, like, uh, I feel like I had a couple things. Uh, uh maybe I forgot to go. But uh, let's hit one, one one thing really, really quick. This is not wrestling related, but it's it's got to be mentioned. Uh, we lost a legend today. Yes. And, and, I, and I've just got to say it really quick. Uh, Eddie Van Halen was one of the greatest men to ever pick up a guitar. And uh, he died today at the age of 65. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, you said it all. He's a, he's a legend in the, in, in, in the game. Uh, one of the best guitarists of all time. One of the most influential bands of all time. Absolutely. Uh, gotta love Van Halen, man. Uh, hopefully he's in a better place now. No more pain. Uh, and his music is going to live on forever. Oh, 100%. Like, you you, you said it right, right away. You said that Van Halen is one of the most influential bands. And it will continue to be an influential band. Um, the funny thing is, I people make fun of me. I, I, I'm not into the whole 80s hair rock at all. I hate Motley Crue. I hate, you know what I mean? I, the oh, I love me some Motley Crue. I'm not into a lot of that, but I love me some Motley Crue. White Snake, Cinderella, all that shit is garbage to me. Okay? But Van Halen was something so different. Um, and I, I'm more of a fan of the of the Sammy Hagar years. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. But they never fell into that category of hair metal to me. Mm. You know? Uh, especially the stuff like, for example, my one of my favorite uh, Van Halen songs is called Pound Cake. Okay. And there's a, really, there's a really weird, cool rift right in the beginning of that song. And if you don't know the song, uh, you, you have to listen to this riff and, and wonder, like, how does he get that sound? Instead of using a pick, he used a, an electric drill. Really? On his guitar. Who the fuck would even think of that? But Eddie Van Halen, and uh, the world's gonna miss Eddie. Uh, Eddie. Uh, his uh, his son is now, you know, filling his spot uh, in life. He he's been uh, playing with the band, and I'm sure we're gonna see some cool tributes coming up from a lot of artists. But uh, like I said, it's got nothing to do with wrestling. But he's just one of those guys that needs to be talked about no matter what. No, I I couldn't agree more, Mike. I think you said it perfect. And I, I got one more guy that I want to talk about real quick before we uh, before we move on here to uh, to the list, uh, and that is uh, if you guys listened, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago, we ran an ad for our good friend Jonah over at the uh, Rewind Recap and Relive podcast. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, go out of your way. Friend of the show, Mad Dog Connor is going to be on this week's show, so head over to YouTube. Uh, I believe Mad Dog and Eugene with Jonah are going to sit down and have a chat. Uh, from what Jonas told me, the interview is very entertaining. Uh, Got to go out support the boy, the support our boy Mad Dog. So head over to the Rewind, Recap, and Relive podcast and check out Mad Dog and Jonah. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you think, man? I forgot uh, one thing. We got to hit one thing before we got into this, and it's very, uh, very fitting because we're about to talk about uh, Halloween Havoc. So let's talk about Halloween Havoc. All right. Let's do it. The next NXT takeover. Oh fuck! You know what? I forgot all about that. <laughs> like, a picture of it and everything. I'm like, this is going to be so great to talk about on the show. How fitting is it that we're doing a Halloween Havoc list and, <laughs> and I fucking forget all about it? What a jabroni I am, man! Yeah. How excited am I? 
Uh, and not, not only that, I just love being right. And I believe I called it on this show like three weeks ago. I think you are correct on that. Now, is this going to be an actual event? Because I'm hearing uh, Shotzi Blackheart is hosting it. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Uh, maybe they're just trying something different because of the whole COVID thing, right? Yeah, so either way, I'm excited for it. Well, Even if they're doing some classic matches, if they're going to run a whole event, I don't know, but it's going to be great. I've heard they're moving to the Performance Center. Have you seen – did you see anything from uh, from the TakeOver pay-per-view at all? Any pictures, any anything? No, I have not. No, I have not. Oh, my God. It looks amazing, Mike. Oh, oh were they at the Performance Center already? Yeah. So what oh. they did is they, they – it looks like they put, like, hockey boards around the entire ring. Okay. Like, with the glass and everything. But they put, like, mesh chain, like a like the old-school NWA cage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Video game style cage. And then they've got the Thunderdome all around it. It looks incredible. They, oh, they've done a great job. You got the Thunderdome going in the, the Performance Center. Yeah, it looks great. It, it really looked cool. Uh, try to find a picture of that if you haven't seen it, Mike. Is that going to be just for their pay per views? Are going to do that for NXT every week? I think they're going to go NXT every week because sure. they're, if they're going to record out of there, that was that was at the Performance Center this week, right? It wasn't. Oh. It wasn't. It wasn't in the Thunderdome, but they made the Thunderdome screen. Yeah, uh, yeah. all around. You know what I mean? That's very cool. All right. I wonder. Uh, I'm guessing they didn't have any sort of uh, contract with Full Sail. Oh, I guess. Guess it doesn't matter. Full Sail is not making any money. Yeah, no one's doing anything yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's that's cool. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what the card for uh, Halloween Havoc will or could even look like um i don't know if it's going to be gimmicky or what but uh i don't care i'm excited it's uh i like that they're trying new things you know when they did the uh the in your house thing and you know uh i think it all started with war games right a couple years ago yeah yeah and and then and then uh they ended up doing uh, in your house and then they did uh what was it uh they did a great american bash great american bash did they, did they do um didn't they do start? Uh, oh no, that wasn't uh, NXT. They did no. They started. They did, it was like a, it was like a house show. Yeah, they did a they did a couple Starcade house shows in North Carolina. There did they do well, a bash at the beach? Maybe well, no, that was AEW. AEW did. Uh, was it bash? Oh, yeah, that was AEW. Yeah, it was bash at the beach. AEW did. It was the only one Cody could get his hands on. We don't need Rob this week. We got Mike, the new human encyclopedia. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right, man. What do you think? You want to roll into the list? Okay, so uh, let everybody know exactly what we're doing. We're doing. Uh, we're not doing every Halloween Havoc match. We're doing the main events. Yeah, absolutely. There's just uh, I, I. I was thinking about trying to do every Halloween Havoc match. I rank in the top seven. I made a list and I had like 48 matches on it, and I was like, I cannot watch 48 matches. I don't have the time. Uh, so I wanted to touch on Halloween Havoc. Then I started looking, you know, okay, well, like the main events are all pretty pretty good on Halloween Havoc. So let's go with the main events, you know? So without further ado, uh, to continue with our Halloween theme uh, for the month of October, I am going to be counting down the top seven Halloween Havoc main events. Oh, yeah. Welcome to my world. Every night... Halloween. There's no way. Oh, oh. 
number seven we are going to go to the year 1992 and we are going to spin the wheel and make the deal with jake the snake roberts against sting nice yeah this match was uh it was well built up uh jake cut some fantastic promos leading up to it actually on the wwe network every saturday night they are playing old episodes of wcw saturday night and it just so happens that it is the time period building up to this match so watching a little bit of that it's been pretty cool Please, for the love of Christ, tell me when they're showing them on the network, they sh- they, they, they drop them at 6.05. No, they don't. It's later than 6.05, but I really wish they did. How great would that be? <laughs> that would have been amazing. Uh, so let's get into this match a little bit. So before the match starts, about halfway through the show, Sting comes out to spin the wheel and make the deal. And my God, was this ever long and boring. And the wheel lands on a fucking coal miner's glove match. Oh, God damn. Crowd boos. <laughs> they didn't give it. <laughs> they booed and they were quiet. And from what I've heard and what I read a little bit is that I heard that this wheel was a shoot and they didn't gimmick it to land on one of the good matches. <laughs> so the coal miner's glove match uh, is a throwback from the Mid-South days. I believe it's Mid-South. And what it is is uh, they put a giant pole in the ring. And they put a glove, a miner's glove on it. And this glove has been apparently like uh, a steel plate has been molded around this. The way WCW did it, took a glove and it looks like they fucking wrapped some tinfoil around it. Uh, So it looked terrible, needless to say. little cool fact here when Jake the Snake is making his entrance. So he was using the Hollywood Blondes theme music. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, got to give props to um, – you know what? Sorry, before we continue with this list, I have some surprises for us along the list as well. I got some cool little surprises. I haven't even told you about one of them yet, Mike. Okay. Uh, so got to give a big prop to Gary Michael Capetta for his sting entrance. It's fucking awesome. Uh, you know, that's like the classic. That's one of my favorite announcing of all time is Capetta doing the This Is Sting. He yeah. Killed- uh, the bell rings, and both guys immediately try for the glove. Uh, Jake take, takes control after Sting misses a drop kick. Uh, action very quickly to the outside. Jake gets thrown into the ring close. They go to get the glove. This glove is really high up there, Mike. Like When you stand on the top rope, you cannot reach up and grab the glove. You actually have to climb up like three or four feet up this pole to get the glove. It looks very dangerous. <laughs> terrifying. Um. Jesse asks if either guy had the chance would they have picked another match, and I'm thinking uh, that they probably would have. (laughs) (laughs) Or, yeah, sorry, Jesse asked if either guy had the choice would they have picked this match, and I'm going to guess neither one of them would have. That was my joke I just wrote. Um, Jake Jake the Snake goes for the glove. He gets crotched. Uh, back to the outside, Jake hits Sting with a chair. There's just a lot of brawling, punching, kicking. Uh, Jake, you know, classic heel, taking his wrist tape off and chokes Sting out with it. Sting misses a stinger splash. Short arm clothesline by Jake, and he lands a DDT, and the crowd popped huge for the DDT. Philadelphia crowd, right? Yeah. 
uh, this is where I get pissed. So Sting literally got up 10 seconds later, and they went right to the finish. As Jake is climbing up to get the the, the pole, the glove here up the pole, um, Sting runs up. Now, this looked really cool, but I was pissed off because it was 10 seconds after DDT. But he gets on the apron, and he runs and grabs the pole and, like, swings around it and kicks Jake off. And it, it looked awesome. Jake takes the bump to the ground. Cactus Jack runs out. Throws Jake the snake, the snake bag. It's got a cobra in it. Sting pulls the glove down and punches Jake. The snake then turns and bites Jake in the face. It was a little awkward. Jake couldn't get the snake to uh, to, to latch onto his face. And then Sting pinned him for the one, two, three. Uh, not the best main event, but uh, it was better than putting Hogan versus the Giant on my list. So, <laughs> um, uh, The cool thing after, though, was Jake the Snake selling at the end of this match, he finally got the snake to latch onto his face. And, like, he let this thing go, and it was on his cheek. Like, it was pretty nasty. And he was just selling it like he uh, was being poisoned, like staggering to the back really slow and stuff. So Jake the Snake was was really good in this match. And that's my number seven. Right on. Right on. I uh, I don't have – I know I've seen the match. I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I have very little memories of it. But I do remember it being craftastic. Yeah, uh, well, it wasn't great. I'm surprised. <laughs> well, this is what I mean. How how bad can the rest of Halloween Havoc be when your number seven, when a horrible match makes your list? I had to I had to pick between that one and a couple other ones that were even worse. Like like, there's no chance that I'm putting Goldberg versus Chronic from 2000 on my list. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm actually looking at this match right now on my notes. And my first note that I even wrote is, let's be real, this won't make my list. <laughs> so, uh, but my number six was much better. And then everything gets better from this point forward. But I had to put one dot on there. Uh, but this was uh, the best of the worst. You know what I mean? Yeah. My number six, yeah. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I watched WCW 1999. We're going with Sting versus a mystery opponent. Okay. Let's talk about Vince Russo booking here, okay? This is brutal. So this was supposed to be Sting versus Hulk Hogan, but WCW sucks. So Sting yeah. makes his entrance. Sting is the world champion at the time. He makes his entrance, and Hogan walks down in street clothes, goes up to Sting, whispers something in his ear, and just lays down and gets pinned. It's exactly the same shit they did at Bash of the Beach a year later. Yeah. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. This happened like in the middle of the card too. So after a couple other matches, Sting comes back out and he's fired up and says, I came to fight tonight and I'm issuing an open challenge for the main event tonight. So Sting out for the third time. This is a pay-per-view, not a Nitro. And the call is answered by the brand new United States champion who just had a bloody war with, against Sid. Now, okay, I thought this was the year and I'm trying to remember... But it was. Okay. And you're talking about the man, the man, as Bobby Heenan would say. Bill Goldberg comes out. Say what you want about Goldberg and whatnot. This guy was over like crazy. He had one of the coolest entrances in in the history of professional wrestling. The way they follow him from the dressing room, <coughs> it, it was just awesome. And then the bell rings, though, unfortunately. Well, here's the famous line. And... Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm trying to remember this match. Wasn't it like two and a half minutes long or something? It was very short, but they did a lot of they did a lot of stuff in it. Um, 
Tony Schiavone makes a point to state that this is a non-title match, but they don't tell that to the live crowd. Uh, very awkward as both guys are in the ring and there's no referee. It took them forever to get a referee out. Um, right away, uh, right away, they they fight outside of the ring and they they're out there for like three or four minutes. No count at all by the referee. Doesn't even try to like you know. No one tries, right? Um, Sting, they get back in the ring after a few minutes. Sting nails Goldberg with a massive spear. Goldberg no-sells it, gets up, hammers Sting with a huge kick. It was a great spot. Um, Goldberg misses a spear, hits his head on the ring post. He takes that better than anybody else, mainly because he doesn't work it. I think he just shoot headbutts the post every time. I'm just very impressed because he he hit that – he hit Sting with that kick, right? Yeah, that kick was huge. And, hit him and, and Sting never had a stroke. What's yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're going to get Jay fired up. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm going to get half of Bret Hart fired up, too. Oh, my God. Send all your comments to, to Mike this week, folks. Jesus. That's one of the worst things I think you've ever said on this show. And we were talking about this earlier. Um, three stinger splashes finally drops Goldberg for two seconds. Sting hits the ropes. Goldberg leapfrobs over him, smokes him with a spear, jackhammer, one, two, three. And then they give Goldberg the world title and announce him as the new world champion. And Tony and Bobby are just sitting around. They have no idea what's going on. I felt so bad for them. Uh, very typical WCW during this time period. But, you know, the match was fun. The crowd lost their mind. So, yeah, okay. Hooray. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, I am trying my best to remember the, the, this. Uh, was, Sting, was Sting a heel here? Yes, he was. Okay. That, I'm trying to remember this. If I'm not mistaken, this is only a couple of weeks away from when uh, when you got to go to your first uh WCW show. That is correct. This was the this is what led to the terrible tournament for Mayhem '99. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I love that Sting is the heel in this, but makes the babyface move by calling out an open challenge. Like, what? Yeah, he, I, I don't know. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on because that's about all the the WCW late '90s I can handle talking about today. <laughs> We're gonna go on. We got to be getting into your good, into the good stuff with your number five, right? Yeah, this is uh, this is the start. Of, uh, when I say the match, it's not gonna sound like it's a good one, but it actually was a lot of fun to watch. I'm going from 1994, career versus career inside the steel cage, Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. Okay, okay. Now I had very low expectations coming into this match. Uh, and man, I just forgot how fun Hogan and Flair are with each other. And I just had a great time watching this match. Was it, you know, a classic? Hogan just came in, right? Hogan had just come in. He'd, he'd come in in July. This is their rubber match. Yeah. Um, but Hogan won the first two, so who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Uh, weird, very weird. Mr. T is the special guest referee because apparently he was a big deal in 1994. <laughs> 
Uh, not, not. I didn't say eighty-four guys. I was, when just, he was about to say. I think they fucked a number up there. Yeah, I think they're ten years. That's classic WCW. They're ten years behind the eight ball here. Bringing in Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and and all those guys at this point was very, very weird by WCW. Either way, um, flare out next. He's with Sensational Sherry, and they look amazing together. Sherry's face paint matches Flair's robe. They look like a million bucks together. I'm a huge Sherry fan, so. Um, and then Hulk Hogan came out with his leeches. Oh, I mean uh, uh, Beefcake and Jimmy Hart. Sorry. <laughs> That's a little typo I made there. Yeah. Big pop for Hogan, though. I'm not going to lie. They're in Detroit, right? So uh, this is definitely a Hogan country. Um, the cage, Mike, they lower this cage, and it literally looks like it's going to fall apart. It looks like they went into your backyard and stole, like, the chain link fence out of a backyard. <laughs> it looks just terrible, Mike. It looks terrible. My my public school had a better chain link fence than what they had here. Let's take a sidebar here for a second. All right. What were your thoughts on uh, Hulk Hogan's WCW theme song? Um, it's okay. It, it's okay. I think it was. I know a lot of people like it. I was never a fan. I'm I'm gonna just give it like thumbs in the middle. Obviously, you can't. I just don't know how you, you you walk out on you know you after all those years you had that 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 Rick Derringer song oh. everybody knows you because of that song you come in and they, it just didn't cut the mustard you know no but what do you you know he didn't really have another good theme song until he started using Voodoo Child right exactly so you know that Derringer song so iconic I don't think it mattered what song came next I don't think it was gonna live up to it right all right uh, I thought it did the job it was very WCW. You know yeah. what I mean? It was fine for what it was. Um, like I said earlier, Flair and Hogan just have great chemistry together. Mr. T pulls Hogan off Flair and pushes him for not following the rules in a cage match. Just going to put that out there. Uh, Hogan's just all over Flair. Punches, stops, backdrops, face into the cage. Flair cuts him off with a chop block, though. And now Mr. T pushes Flair. Mr. T really took away from this match. He was fucking terrible. But then they take a they take like a gander out to the crowd there. And you got Sting, uh, Tony the Hitman Hearns out in the crowd, and fucking Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali is just sitting in the crowd watching this match with Sting. Like it really it really made this match feel like a, a big deal and the, the career stipulation feel big, right? Um you know, the crowd popped big for Hogan when he came out, but by the middle of this match, they were 50-50. They loved everything Flair did. Let, let, let me get this straight. Muhammad Ali's there. Tyson's yeah. or uh, Mr. T's there. Yeah. Hulk Hogan's there. Yeah. Well, were Roddy Piper and uh, Paul Orndorff busy? Or <laughs> Orndorff was probably on this card, right? Probably. He at the time. And Piper, we're sorry, we're a couple years away from Piper. Um, the, the best line of this whole thing is Tony Schiavone says, you know, there's a lot of fans that are holding up four fingers in the crowd right now. And Bobby Heenan goes, I held up one when Hogan came out. (laughs) (laughs) God, I love Bobby Heenan. Uh, uh, I'm surprised by how fast paced this match is. These guys were going pretty quick for, and especially for Hogan at this stage of the game, Flair hit a, a massive suplex on Hogan, held him up there. Um, uh, it was just great. Big punches and chops. Um, both guys are brawling on the top of the cage. Flair crotches himself. 
Again, Mr. T just really takes away from this match. He's awful. It's not fucking 1984. Uh, Flair's been working over the injured knee on Hogan because of the, the mass man gimmick that they're doing. Uh, Flair, Flair gets taken down. Or sorry, not Flair. Mr. T finally goes down. Sherry climbs up the cage. Jimmy Hart, that little pervert, runs over and rips her dress off. So Sherry's in lingerie now. She's a great way. Good for Sherry for her age at that point. She was mid forties, almost. That that woman was gorgeous to the day she died. Yeah, she gets a bad rep, you know. Everyone talks about all these, you know, women in wrestling, whatever. And Sherry did such a great job of being a heel that people take away from, you know, she was she was a good looking woman, Mm -hmm. Uh, as well as probably one of the best managers of all time. On top of that, like I love Sherry. She's amazing. Um. Jimmy Sherry gets off the cage after Jimmy Hart pervs her and she just beats the shit out of him, which was great. And then <laughs> uh, <laughs> like she just just clobbered him. Uh, uh, where am I here? Uh, Sting Sting comes out to, to get Sherry off Jimmy Hart, and then the, the dreaded masked man uh, comes out and he lays out Sting. Um, Bobby Bobby had a great line. Sherry gets in the cage. She hits a massive crossbody off the top of the cage onto Hogan. They handcuff Mr. T to the robes. Bobby Heenan goes, that's not the first time that she's cuffed a guy. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's, you know, it's just a classic thing. It's uh, Hogan, no sells everything, cleans house, big boot, leg drop, classic one, two, three. And then at the end of the match, the masked man comes out. And who is the masked man? But fucking Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And then the main event at Starcade. Unbelievable. So that was my number five. Gonna roll into number four. Number four was awesome. It blew away my blew away what I thought it was gonna be. We're going to 1991. We're going Ron Simmons against Lex Luger, two out of three falls. Yes. I've never watched this match before. I haven't seen it in a very long time, and I've never watched that full card. A friend of mine told me you need to watch this match, and it showed me the match years ago. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Great, great match. Yeah, I like uh, like I remember, and and they they showed some of this here before the match. They had a great video package on Ron Simmons. He went back to his old college football team, did a bunch of training in their gym. It really put over what a big deal Simmons was because he was an all star in college, right? Absolutely. So uh, just made Simmons look like a million bucks. Simmons comes out first. He's with Dusty Rhodes in his corner, which was great. Because now, uh, you know I love me some Dusty, right? Uh, Luger comes out. He's got Mr. Hughes and Harley Race. So it's really cool, man. Um, Really cool fact is that both guys used to be teammates in the USFL Football League for the Tampa Bay Bandits. Oh, sure. I didn't know that. And uh, as JR said, they used to have some real wars on the practice field because uh, one of them was an O-line guy and one of them was a D-line guy. So kind of putting over that they used to battle on the football field. I thought that was a nice little touch. That was cool. Uh, and then they made a nice point to mention out about the history between Dusty Rhodes and Harley Race on the outside. And the fact that Dusty beat Harley twice for the world title. So he's using that to um, give his advice to Ron Simmons. You know what I mean? So a lot, a lot of great storytelling before this even starts. Uh, the match starts back and forth action, kind of power moves here and there. And then all of a sudden, Ron Simmons hits a spine buster out of nowhere and wins the first fall under five minutes. It was weird, but it worked. Like, uh, they, they, you know, they put over that Luger hurt his back. 
Um, they did they did something what I really liked is in between falls, Harley and Dusty would get in the ring, and it was almost like a UFC corner man, and they would give like a prep talk or whatever. Um, so Dusty's just in there. He's giving him advice during the rest period. Ron tells Dusty that he thinks Lex has something in his tights, which I really like. It just it added a sense of realness to this match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lex is selling his back like he's hurt big time after the spine buster. The second fall is all Simmons at the beginning, and he looks great, man. I can see why they put the belt on this guy. He was on fire in 92, 91, sorry. Um, Luger can't get a body slam because his back is too sore. Uh, Simmons, after that, goes for a great small package for a near fall. Luger sidesteps a, a charging Simmons and tosses him to the outside of the ring. Uh, now it's all Luger in the second fall. Power slams and suplexes, chin locks. Simmons is building up some steam towards the end of the fall. Great backslide for a near fall. Harley Race grabs uh, Luger's leg. Or sorry, he grabs, um, yeah, he grabs Luger's legs. And Simmons accidentally, sorry, he grabs Simmons' leg. And Simmons accidentally throws Luger over the top rope which is a disqualification in WCW at that time. And that is how the second fall ended. So kind of lame there. So Simmons gets disqualified for that. So then they do the corner thing again. And I love this mid-match corner talk. Dusty's given Nick Patrick shit for the call. Simmons tells him that Lex is poking him in the eyes. It just was awesome. Like, I wish he'd do more of this now. Uh, third fall comes out. It's all Ron Simmons. Superplex, power slams, second rope shoulder tackles. Uh... Simmons is all over Luger. Uh, they go to the outside of the ring. He goes to tackle, but he hits the ring post. Lex brings him inside, hits a pile driver, and gets the win. Great match. Made Simmons look good in losing. The fact that he only took a pin in one fall. Uh, they protected him. They kept him looking strong. Overall, I would highly recommend checking this match out. It was a phenomenally booked match, which is important, obviously. But it was also a good match which you're not going to hear me saying a lot when we're talking about Lex Luger. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm Anyone who knows me knows I'm not a big Lex Luger fan. Off the top of my head, I can think of maybe four matches that, I, that I'll go down and say, I really love this match uh, with Lex Luger in it, and this is one of them. Yeah, I, I'm getting more and more warm on Luger as the years go by. I think that he gets a bad rep. Uh, you know, not from personal standpoint because he's done some some bad shit, and you know he kind of made his bed in a couple areas. But uh, from an in-ring standpoint, well, if we're just talking about the product, you know, I think Flair, like him and Flair had a great run. Uh, him and Nikita Koloff had some great matches. Exactly. I, I mean, he had some great Starcade moments. Yeah, him and Brian Pillman had some great matches. Uh, they had okay. a great match at the. Well, uh, just so happens at the next event that we're about to talk about. Him and him and Flair had a great uh, had a great match at Starcade. Um, yeah. Him and Dusty had a great match at Starcade. Oh yeah, Lex Luger. I'm telling you, man. You you go back and take a deep dive on some Lex Luger, and and you'll be you'll be impressed. You're gonna laugh at me, but uh, do you want to know what I think is probably the most underrated Lex Luger match from WWE? Because let's be honest, all his great act matches were in WCW or NWA. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's be honest. He did not have a whole lot of great fucking matches in WWE. 
But my favorite match he had, my favorite angle, my favorite story he did in WWF, um, I don't think people talk about enough. I, I just want to know if you can guess it. I want to take a guess that you're going to say with the talk. 1994 SummerSlam, baby. They also had a hell of a match at King in the Ring 93. They did, yeah. But that whole I love that whole story. Tatanka had us believing for months that Lex Luger was going to turn. Oh, yeah. You know, it was such a great story. And, and, and the matches were good enough to, to, to hold it up, too. Well, I, can't, uh, I cannot agree with you more on that, Mike. And like I said, give some love to Lex Luger. We're not talking about Lex Luger anymore on the show, unfortunately, though, because he is not on the list anymore. However, my number three, we are going to go back to the inaugural Halloween Havoc. Uh, we talked about this show a little bit last week, Mike. You did. All right. I was wondering where or if this was going to fall on your on your list. Okay. Number three. We're going to the Thunderdome cage match between Sting and Ric Flair versus the Great Muda and Terry Funk, 1989. I have my first trick-or-treat for you here, Mike. So I don't think that you have seen this because uh, this just happened before we started recording. Uh, but I sent a tweet out to legendary ring announcer Gary Michael Capetta. Oh, nice. I asked him if he had any fun memories or stories from any of the WWE Halloween Havoc pay-per-views. And he replied, and he said, like when the Great Muda blew out the fire on the Halloween decorations. <laughs> so do you remember this? I'm trying, because I did rewatch this match, but I was trying to work at the same time, too, so... All right, so basically what happened, um, uh, I'm going to jump ahead a couple points here because it was on my list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When they're lowering the cage down, they had all these decorations around the cage, and part of it was like this like strawy stuff at the top, right? And it caught on fire. And so there was like a mini fire in the top right corner of the cage, and nobody could get out this fire, and they were trying to get a fire extinguisher, and Muda literally just climbs up the cage and blows the green mist on it and puts the fire out. Well, that's hilarious. I it was awesome. I must have missed that part. I must have been looking at my computer or something. Yeah. And in classic WCW fashion, they were just showing a close-up of the fire before, and they, they almost missed Muda putting out the fire. Of course. <laughs> uh, special guest referee for this match is Bruno Sammartino, which yep. is a nice match. Yep. Uh, you guys know, anyone that listens to the show knows, I love me some Terry Funk. Amazing entrance by Terry Funk. He comes out to like this old Western, like, whistly cowboy music very creepy he's like throwing punches at fans like trying to he's like hitting them in the face with his towel on the way down the guy is just a lunatic i love him he's the best he is the best um funk and flair start the match rick flair hit some of the biggest chops i have ever seen him throw to terry like ever in my entire life of watching rick flair he laced terry funk this entire match with chops. Um, Flair picked up Funk and legit slammed him to the floor from the ring. Like, it was crazy. He just picked him up and walked to the, the ropes and body slammed him, and Funk took a full back bump to the floor. Jesus. Yeah, Terry Funk is crazy. Uh, <laughs> both guys are beating up Funk to start. The crowd is on fire. Flair's chops, like I said, they're just electric, man. He's just destroying Funk with them. Great JR line. Uh, on Sting, he started out as, as a <laughs> this. Was, he started out as a team called the Blade Runners. I don't think his partner has progressed like him. 
nice little, <laughs> nice little dig, right? Nice little dig by by JR. Um, so apparently they didn't really announce this so until about halfway through the match for me watching. But apparently the only way that you can win this match is to have your designated Terminator, who are the manager of this match, Gary Hart and Ole Anderson respectively, yes. throw in the towel. Yes. They didn't really say that. They don't think they yeah, announced yeah. that before. They just kind of announced it in the middle of the match. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you know this or not, and any of our listeners know this or not, but uh, the great Muda is really fucking awesome. He looked great. Uh, and nobody takes a bulldog better than the great Muda, and nobody throws it better than Sting on him. He does like Sting does that loosey goosey bulldog where he grabs him by the back of their hair. And every time he picks Muda up, Muda kicks his legs like he's swimming. It looks great. Um, all four guys are brawling on the cage. Oh, and also, I forgot to tell you, Mike, that the top half of the cage is electrified, so nobody can climb out of the cage. Well, we we discussed this last week. Yes, on, on the horror match shows. Yes, um, <laughs> it uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, all five. Uh, so the all four guys kind of brawl on the cage and Muda touches the electric part and sells it, which I thought was a nice little touch at least. Right. They're yeah. trying, they didn't do it stupid, like making weird noises wow. and lights. Flying. Wait, they just we, we brought up, we brought up the Dudley boy match last week. Yeah. They, they didn't do that. No, unfortunately seconds later, Terry Funk climbs to the exact same spot touches the exact same spot and does not even try to sell at all. <laughs> he just doesn't give a fuck. fuck. Fuck this electric cage. He doesn't give a shit. So that went out the window pretty quick after that. Um, Terry Funk is hanging upside down on the cage and there's like a rope tied up around for like one of the decorations. Ric Flair swings on the rope and hits him. Um, Sting does the same thing a little bit later on in the match to Muda, but it looks way better than when Sting than when, than when Flair did it. Sting was a little more agile than Flair. Um, you know, they, they just did some cool stuff. Like Sting's tied to the cage. Uh, the, the heels are working over Flair. Spike pile driver. Sting finally gets free. He hits a massive dive because it was one of those cages where you could walk around the outside of it as well. So Sting is like on top of the cage and jumps over the gap into the ring. It looked really cool. Uh, Muda goes for a moonsault, but he gets crotch. That allows Flair to lock in the figure four to Terry Funk. Sting is just continuously going to the top rope and destroying Funk with huge splashes. Um, uh, Gary Hart gets up on the ring apron. He throws a punch at Bruno, who Bruno doesn't take that, and he just destroys Gary Hart. Uh, sorry, Muda. Muda tried to punch Bruno. I apologize. And uh, and Bruno just decked Muda, took him out for the match. Big pop for that. And then the finish is Gary Hart gets on the apron. Oli Hart gets up there and punches them, and that causes Gary Hart to accidentally throw in the towel. This match was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was a cool little finish because it, it was kind of unexpected. Yeah, and, you know, they, they kind of, like, saved the weird gimmick of, uh, of that towel thing or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they kept everyone strong. Obviously, Funk didn't quit because the towel got thrown in. Muda got laid out by Bruno, so it protected the heels because they still had, I think, a couple more matches to go after this, right? Uh, yes, yeah. I believe Funk and Flair had the I quit match shortly after this. So, what do you think? You want to roll over to number two? I'm excited about your number two, man. I Because uh, if 
Because I really like that match. It has to be number three. Then the next two have to be great. The next two are great. I'm not going to lie. The next two are great. Uh, for number two, we are going to Halloween Havoc 1993. Vader versus Cactus Jack in a spin-the-wheel, make-the-deal match. Uh, ends up being a Texas death match. Well, at least the wheel uh, <laughs> did, did us a favor this time. Yeah, yeah, the wheel the wheel is good. Now, I did not like how they did this match. It was very confusing. The Texas death match is um, once you pin your opponent, there is a one-minute rest period or a 30-second rest period or something like that, and then there's a 10 count. And if you can't get up after the 10 count, then the match is over. Now, it didn't work because they would announce, like, the 10-second countdown, but it would be at the end of the 30 seconds. So it was just really confusing. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. Uh, other than that, this match is great. And now I also have our second trick-or-treat. Of the, of the- oh, I know where you're coming with this. I can't wait for you to – I've been waiting for you to talk about this. Yeah, so we went back to the Twitter machine. Uh, and I threw a tweet out to the Twitter account of uh, Big Van Vader because his son handles the Twitter account. I just asked, you know, I said, we're doing a list on the top Halloween Havoc uh, main events. Do you have any memories of when your dad and, and Mick Foley fought? So he replied to us, and here's the exact quote of what he wrote. He said, Pops absolutely love working at Real Mick Foley, and their Halloween Havoc match was easily one of his favorites. The only thing I remember Pop saying is that the shovel really hurt. Laugh out loud. And then he put, it's Vader time. So very cool to get a reply out of uh, out of Vader's son for that. And then a little uh, added bonus, Mick Foley saw this tweet because he was tagged in it, and he replied to Vader's son. Uh, we, we got like a little thread going here. So uh, Mick Foley tweeted, I loved working with your dad. I geared up for every match with at its Vader time, like it was hashtag Ali versus Frazier. In my opinion, Vader's absence is the most glaring and obvious omission from the hashtag WWE Hall of Fame. So very, something, man. very cool, very cool insight there. And I'm going to go ahead and say that we've now had uh, Mick Foley on our show. <laughs> you can officially call Mick Foley friend of the show. Friend of the show, Mick Foley. Yeah, he's he's inadvertently applied replied. Hey, to hey, mixter. You no, know, good old mixter. You only let your friends call him mixter. You know. <laughs> uh, I would love to have him on the show. That would be so fun. So either way, uh, we'll get into the match here. Uh, Vader's out for, or sorry, yes, Vader's out first. Cactus on his way down. These guys start brawling on the ramp right away. Um, is it fair to say, Mike, that Vader is one of Mick Foley's most underrated rivals of all time? Underrated? Yeah, I feel like when you talk about the career of Mick Foley, that you know, you think the Undertaker, his match I mean, with on Michael. I think of Vader. I, I'm, I, I just feel like Vader doesn't get put as high up or even on that list to, to some people. They well, had a, maybe he doesn't get high enough, but I I, I don't know. I, I personally definitely think of Vader when I think of Mick Foley's uh, uh, um, feuds. Um, yeah, like, and I even like the fact that they tagged up for a bit in '96. Yeah, which I thought was cool too. Uh, I, I just think Vader and Foley—it's one of the most violent feuds you're ever going to have. Yeah, the build-up to this match was a little bit silly, but it was kind of cool at the same time too. Vader power bomb Mick Foley on a concrete floor. 
giving him a concussion and then in storyline uh, causing him to suffer amnesia. Do you remember any of this? No. And so all of a sudden, like they would do these terrible skits where like Eric Bischoff was a reporter with some actress that was supposed to be Foley's wife. And they were <laughs> around looking for Mick Foley, who was now the leader of a homeless group. It's pretty ridiculous stuff. Foley obviously made it great because he's Foley. Um, and then, you know, Foley gets his memory back, which would led up to them having this match. Um, very violent match. Very violent match. Uh, Vader Vader just lays his fist into Cactus Jack, busts him open hard way, for sure. Um, they just they just beat the shit out of each other. It's it's violent, Mike. It is violent as hell. And I just, Mike, I do have a question though. Yeah. Was it violent? It is it is there's so much meat on the bone that it is violent. Little cheap pop for Jay there. Um <laughs> Sorry, I just saw that you sent me a hilarious text message, so I was trying to stall while I looked at it. I was thinking maybe you're telling me I had to go take a piss or something, but you just sent me a picture of Zeus wearing Mustafa Ali's mask, which I think is hilarious. I, I was seeing if I could get you to break kayfabe on the show. I, you just got me. You threw me for a loop. I said violent a hundred times, and then I, I got a good payoff out of it at least. Um, for some reason, though, this match is non-title, which I don't get. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Uh, Cactus Jack suplexes Vader from the ring to the ramp, which looked really cool. Big back suplex on the ramp by Cactus Jack on Vader. Um, very cool spot where they brawl up the ramp into like the graveyard display thing that they have. And they they disappeared. I guess there was like the set was like a graveyard. Like a, it was a, a, a dug grave. Really, it was just steps with a tombstone. And they disappeared. It looked like they went into a smoky grave, which oh. I thought was a it looked really cool. And then even cooler is when, when Vader came out, he was busted open. And they just had this great close-up of him. It looked like he was crawling out of a grave with all this smoke around him, busted wide open. Um, we talked about the match rules a little bit. It's just really weird with the rest periods. 30-second uh, rest period in between falls, and then you have 10 seconds to get up. Um, the Foley hits Vader with the – this is all Foley at this point now – Hits him with the classic two-step elbow drop off the ramp on the concrete. Both guys are bleeding. Um, Jack brings a table into the ring. Vader whips him into the table for a near fall. Vader hits a moonsault and gets a pinfall. Um, both guys are on the ramp. And this is actually something that, that Mick Foley talks about in his book. Um, Cactus jumps on Vader's back. So he's like piggybacking him a little bit Yeah, on the ramp. And Vader just kicks both his feet up, free falls, all of his weight on McFoley, uh, it looked nasty. I feel like I say that every time I watch a McFoley match in WCW. This guy was killing himself. Um, yeah, it was just sickening. Chair to the face, uh, DDT on the chair. The doctors are out to check on McFoley now. Vader chases them all away, which I thought was great. Uh, the finish of the match was a little bit weird. Vader pins him after that for the 30-second rest period. But both guys get up and are brawling in between this rest period. Cactus hits a DDT on Vader to knock him down. And as he's getting up, Harley Race hits him with a taser. So Foley fell down again, even though he got up and still got counted out for the 10, which was a little bit awkward. Um, but whatever, the, the match was still amazing. And then Foley gets his heat back by beating the shit out of Harley Race at the end of the match. But you take away take away the finish. This is one of the better matches that you're going to watch in the history of Halloween Havoc. Damn right. 
But it cannot be number one, Mike. Oh, man, I am trying to... I'm racking my brain of all the, the main events. I cannot figure out what your what your what your number one is. Well, without further ado, then I will put your brain at ease, Mike. And we are going to 1998, Goldberg versus DDP. Oh, all right, sell me on this. So, uh, this is the famous pay per view where the pay per view got cut off halfway through this match. Believe it or not. Um, and they had to show the match for free on Nitro the next night. Everyone was pissed off about it. Bruce Buffer giving it the big match feel. DDP was so over in 1998. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why this match worked so well is because the people believed in DDP. He was the WCW people's champ. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I really wish that they would have had him come over and feud with The Rock instead of The Undertaker when they did the invasion angle, because they were both the people's champions of their company. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's right there for them. And I think they would have had great matches. Um, Bill Goldberg's entrance at Halloween Havoc looked so cool. The big pumpkin, you know what I mean? That big blow-up pumpkin, all the pyro around it. He's got the big gold belt on. Like Bill Goldberg looks like a superstar. DDP was so good in this match they had a big stare down at the start and ddp is just talking shit to goldberg and they lock up real aggressively three times goldberg launches ddp into the buckle all three times putting over how powerful he is ddp hits him with an arm drag though on the next lockup and then he taunts him like he gets right over him and talks shit to him again and goldberg got pissed and just rushed him and both guys just tumbled to the outside uh the intensity and the, the, the big match field of this match was awesome. I was so invested in this match, Mike. Goldberg does a standing fucking backflip when they get back in the ring, which is crazy. Like, <laughs> this match is awesome. That's what I put after that. This match I mean, is awesome. Your size has no fucking business doing a goddamn standing backflip. Yeah, and it was like, like a backflip, like handspring thing or whatever. It doesn't matter. It looked incredible goldberg is a monster he should not be doing that you're correct um mike today by the way let's just talk about him for a little bit he adds so much credibility to wcw he was just so good um one thing i like about this match too is i i can't believe i'm about to say this i really like bill goldberg's selling in this match he reminded me of like the terminator you know what i mean like he gets hit and knocked down and does that slow get up, but he never stops coming forward no matter what. And I really, it really worked in this match. Um, and it's not the longest match on the planet either. Right. But right. like, like Goldberg is always trying to be on the attack and he really makes you work to keep him down. And it really, really works. Um, Goldberg smokes the ring post again. We talked about that a little bit earlier. That's his go-to spot. Um, DDP hits a few big impact moves. He's got Goldberg in trouble, calls for the diamond cutter, turns around. Goldberg destroys him with a spear. Crowd is losing their mind at this point. Goldberg is uh, hes great at selling because he's hurt his arm on the spear in the post. Uh, DDP is selling like he is dead, and Goldberg is struggling to pick him up. He goes over the jackhammer. He's having a hard time because of his arm. 
and DDT DDP floats over and hits a diamond cutter to one of the biggest pops, I think, in the history of WCW. Uh, it was the best counter ever. It was one of my favorite false finishes of all time. I put it right up there with uh, the Undertaker WrestleMania Hell in the Cell match against Triple H with Shawn Michaels. Oh. This, this was such a great false finish. Everybody thought that the streak was over. Uh, DDP gets a two count of it. Uh, DDP, uh, it's just great. Uh, sorry, before he gets the two count, it's just the, such good drama because DDP is like doing that slow crawl over for the pin. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, and the crowd is like, "Oh, we're gonna see the streak over." Like they're losing it. Gets a two, gets a two point or a two point, a two count. Jesus. Uh, finish of the match is really great too. Page picks him up, goes to give him a suplex, and just from out of nowhere, Goldberg just powers him up immediately after the spot and hits the jackhammer for the one, two, three. This match was unbelievable, Mike. I was blown away. You really really paint an amazing picture. I do not remember this match being as good as you're making it sound. Yeah. Um, I have to go back and rewatch it and and see it again. But the the thing is, you're making me want to go and watch this match again because you are. You really are painting this match out to sound phenomenal. Uh, I got to give props to DDP. TDP showed a level of intensity. This was probably the biggest match of his career. I'm going to put it out there. I think this was the biggest match of DDP's career. I think that if anybody ever wants to question, you know, whether DDP is a Hall of Famer, how his in-ring work is, blah, 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 this and that, watch this match and shut the fuck up. Like, DDP was the man. And this match, you know, we all forget, I think, how good DDP was because, you know, he, he didn't get a chance to show that in the WWE. He, he always got saddled with these kind of sillier gimmicks, you know, the stalker, the positively page. Uh, and he just didn't get a chance to, to be this DDP. It was so refreshing to watch. I always remember this match being good. I just had fond memories of it. And it blew me away when I went back and rewatched it. Well, you got me wanting to go rewatch it. And I might even do it tonight. I think I've, it's not yeah. a long match. It's about maybe 10, 10 or 12 minutes, if that. Uh, but my God, they they just – and everything made sense. You know what I mean? They didn't put anything in there that didn't need to be in there. It was just it was just intensity. I'm telling you, DDP, he, he's, a, he's a, hit a home run for me. Do you want to talk about guys that have great matches? You said Luger at Starcade. Take a look at DDP at Halloween Havocs, man. 96 against Eddie Guerrero, 97 against Macho Man, and 98 against Goldberg. I'll put those up against anybody. It's hard to convince me to go watch a a Goldberg match because I'm not a fan of Goldberg. I really am. Neither am I, and look at him. He's on my list twice here. Not only twice, he made your number one. He's my number one. Unbelievable, eh? Wow, uh, I, I mean, if uh, he may not be Ray, he may not be Mister uh, Halloween Havoc, but he sure as hell might be ha- Mister Halloween Havoc main event. Well, yeah, he main evented uh, three in a row, right? He did ninety-eight. We'll get into the honorable mentions now, right? He main evented this one against DDP in ninety-eight, did ninety-nine against Sting, and then he did two thousand against Chronic. That one, not very good. <laughs> not very good at all. Um, <laughs> Other honorable mentions I have from 97, Hogan versus Piper in a cage. Uh, this, this match was, I think, a week before the first ever Hell in a Cell match. And I just remember JR burying this match on, on pay-per-view. I remember JR made a comment. So I think he called it age in the cage. 
Oh, God. Something like that. Yeah. The match was okay. It was just silly. They had a bunch of like fake stings like all over the place. I don't know. It was stupid. Macho Man Randy Savage almost killed himself jumping off the top of that flimsy cage, though. I do. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the worst match that I might have watched this entire time, though, was Hogan versus Savage from 96. It was it was terrible. I was so disappointed. Uh, th- this was at the time when the NWO was new. You know what I mean? Like, there Hogan is one month as a the top heel in the company, maybe two months. Uh, what is it? July, August. Sorry, three months into to his run as the leader of the NWO, and he comes out wearing a fucking wig and glasses. It just felt like a fun house show match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I do believe that this is the first match where he referred to himself as Hollywood Hogan. Uh-huh. Uh, we got to talk about Halloween Havoc 95. Hogan against the Giant, his his in-ring debut. Uh, the Yeti dry humping Hogan. We cannot talk about Halloween Havoc main events without talking about the Yeti humping Hulk Hogan on live TV. Oh, you're absolutely Monster right. Battle. It was absurd. Uh, but whatever it was, this match almost made my number seven just because I wanted to talk about the Yeti, <laughs> but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And then the last one, because uh, uh, there's not a lot of Halloween Havoc that they did. So Sting versus Sid from 1990. Uh, very cool finish on this one where Barry Windham actually dressed up as Sid, as Sting, and they brawled on the outside, and Sting was tied up by somebody, and Windham came in in Sting's gear. And let Sid pin him. And it was very confusing. Everyone thought Sid won the match. And then Sting comes out with rope around his wrist and uh, beats Sid. It was a little bit silly. That puts a bow on Halloween Havoc. Let's go back to your number one for one second. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Halloween Havoc 1998. Okay. On paper, this should have been one of the greatest pay-per-views of the decade. All right. What do you... Even with, Hogan and, even with Hogan and Warrior on it? Like I said, on paper. <laughs> you know what I mean? uh, is it on paper? Is that the same paper that didn't light on fire with uh, when Hogan tried to fire with it? <laughs> like, like, like if you grew up in the, in the 80s and 90s, and all of a sudden the managers are coming to the closing, you're being told that not only is Hulk Hogan going to be facing the, the Ultimate Warrior again, but you have Bret Hart versus Sting. And you have Kevin Nash versus Scott Hall. You have this you you have Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner. Like all this stuff is happening on one card. Yeah, do you remember the rest of the card oh, though? Up. Yeah, and then you know what? The show opened with Jericho and Raven too. And then oh, but then that's right. big yeah, yeah. yeah. But it takes a big downhill after that, though, because then you go Wrath against Ming, and then you go Disco against Hoovy, Alex Wright against Finley, Saturn against Lodi, Kidman against Disco, and then before um, Rick and Scott fought, it was actually Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell against the Giant and Scott Steiner. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, I see what you're saying about all the big dog matches, but, yeah, none of them delivered, except for DDP and Goldberg. And they dog matches, it's just like... You know what I mean? Even if you were a WCW fan, if you were a WWF fan, oh no shit! You know what I mean? You're like, you, you mean you mean Hogan and Warrior are gonna fight? You mean our boy Bret Hart is facing the biggest guy in WCW? You yeah, mean 
That should have been a way bigger promoted match. Razor and Beasler are going to go at it? You mean the you mean the Steiner brothers are going to fight each other? All these WWF greats were were were, were fighting each other, and it uh, you know it on paper it should have been a great card. <laughs> well, you can say that about ninety five percent of WCW cards. And then, but but at least they closed with that Goldberg DDP match. Tanya, uh, man, go go back and watch it. Awesome, awesome it, stuff. Uh, Blown away. Very easily could have closed with the Hogan Warrior match. Oh my God, what a nightmare that would have been. You know what? I almost wish they did close with that because then nobody on pay per view would have had to see it because got the pay per view ran long. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But then I would have had to watch it today and that would have sucked. And I wouldn't have had no fun. Weird that the pay per view ran long because the the longest match on this card was 15 minutes and that was the sting. Yeah. Well, you know what, though, but I'm sure, like, I know with entrances, Goldberg and DDP was, like, 22 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Hogan and Warrior, I think Warrior had a big long uh, Yeah. Right? Yeah, they're all idiots. <laughs> well, that's it, Mike. That's my Halloween Havoc list. What do you think? That, I, I, I'm not going to say anything about the list. I mean, that's... Uh... I don't think I would change anything. I'd have to go back and rewatch a couple of the matches. Um, I might have fit the uh, I might have fit the um, Giant versus Hogan match at number seven. Yeah, I went back and forth between that one and Jake and Sting. I, like flip a coin, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you want to know why I put Jake and Sting on? I'll, I'll tell me, you. To me, if you're gonna fight between two shitty matches. At least go with the shitty match that people still talk about. Yeah, I guess you could do that. I just, like, I'm, I'm looking at my notes from it, and my notes literally read this. Punch, 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 punch. Choke, 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 choke. Punch, punch. Giant in full control. They're trying to give him a big rub. Punch, 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 punch. Choke, choke, choke. <laughs> like, they just, they did nothing, you know what I mean? Bobby Heenan had a great line, though, saying he's never been involved in a pay-per-view like this before. You're fucking goddamn right he hasn't been. <laughs> <laughs> giant fell off the fucking roof of Cobo Hall, man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. And, and my last note on that match in big letters is just dry hump. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my jig. I'm going to, like, I'll tell you, and I'm very disappointed in you. Well, at the top of our show today, when you gave a shout out to Victoria, I told you whenever you referenced your new microphone, you were to call it the Buyete. The Yete. In honor of Halloween Havoc 95. So, so well, okay. That so is, that's, that's two Halloween shows down, bud. We got uh, we got a couple more to go here. We got three more Halloween shows to go for you guys this month. We're, kill, uh, we're, what are we doing? we're killing the gimmick, eh? But we got three awesome shows coming up. Next week's going to be a fun one, Mike, because you are being challenged to count down the top seven uh, Halloween slash spooky theme gimmicks. Is that how you want to word it? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Ha- Halloween. Yes. Exactly. Uh. Scary. Scary gimmicks. Top seven scary gimmicks. So last time I did gimmick one. matches. This time I'm doing actual gimmicks. I'm excited for this one because, you know, I, I was thinking off the top of my head just tonight well, before we started recording, and I was like, okay, yeah, this, that, this will be on there. And then I was like, holy shit, like, there's a lot of potentials to go on here. 
I won't lie to you, man. I've fought back and forth on whether or not to do the best ones or the worst ones. I mean, we could sidebar our worst ones. Because holy Christ, are there some stinkers. Maybe maybe we sidebar a quick seven worst ones next week. Bonus. Yeah. Maybe instead of, uh, instead of honorable mentions, we'll do some dishonorable mentions. Yeah, there you go. Let's do that. We'll do dishonorable mentions, unless you really like uh, missed out on a big one. You know what I mean? Sure enough. All right, and uh, we're also uh, after the month of uh, October. It's Survivor Series season, and we are going live, pals, on the 22nd. Um, we're going to be doing a giveaway, which we can announce soon, uh, whenever you're ready, Mike. I, I don't know if you – we haven't even talked about it, but I, I sent you an idea for a contest. Did you like it? I loved it. I loved it. Should we just go ahead and announce it? Let's do it. All right. Live on – the 22nd of September, Mike and I will be back on Instagram doing Survivor Series, talking to you guys. Same thing we did for SummerSlam, but much more organized because now we know how to do it. Uh, the prize this time is awesome, guys. I am going, Mike and I, sorry, are going to be giving away a original program from the first ever Survivor Series event, 1988 Richfield Coliseum. This is an original event program. It's in a little bit of rough shape because it's from 1988. Still really cool for any collection. In order to win this, you must like us on Facebook or Twitter, whatever you want, to, uh, or Instagram. You can do any of the three. You must tag a friend, and you must predict what my top seven list is going to be. And the closest person to that list will be the winner. Should we go ahead and reveal what the list is going to be? Yeah, go ahead. We are going to be counting down the top seven Survivor Series teams of all time. So, again, like us on either Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can enter on all three. I will put uh, things up very shortly. and We will announce it when they are posted. Tag a friend and you put your own top seven list up. The closest uh, version of that to my list will be the winner. If there are any ties, we will enter them into a draw. And then we'll uh, and then we'll announce the winner during our live show. Absolutely. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. The month of November is going to be just as fun as the month of October has been so far. Hopefully everything is sounding nice and crisp and clear. And uh, the new recording devices, thank you again to my lovely girlfriend, Victoria. Leave us your feedback. Let us know how the sound is. Let us know what you think about the list. Let us just know anything, man. We love talking to you guys. Uh, we're getting, uh, we want to keep hearing from you guys. So keep going. And Tyler, let us know how the anal went. <laughs> the Yeti. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch Halloween Havoc 1995 to get some pointers up for later tonight. <laughs> you're just gonna go and wrap yourself in, in manager and just go dry hump the fuck out of her yeah as soon as this is done i'm going to go into the bathroom i'm going to cover myself and head to toe from toilet paper i'm just gonna dry hump anything that gets in my way oh lucy lucy come over <laughs> to my house for a few days <laughs> except for lucy the cat i'm not going to the animals <laughs> i'm so i'm sober tonight <laughs> it's I'm just picturing you fucking wiping cheese whiz on your ball sack. <laughs> All right. Uh, We're going off the rails here. It's Halloween time. Everything's getting a little crazy. Mike, you got anything you want to say before we take it home? No, nothing that won't get me in trouble. 
you got a huge pop out of Victoria behind me. She's trying her best not to laugh to pick up on our new fancy microphones. All right, Ben. Uh, I just want to say one one quick thing. Thank you to Gary Michael Capata, Mick Foley, and uh, Vader's son for their, their comments towards the show today. Go ahead and take us home, Mike. Uh, yeah, big thanks to those guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get one or all of them on the show one day. Who knows? Absolutely. And check out Mad Dog Connor on uh, Jonah's show there, right? Big shout out to Jonah. Yeah, he's the best, man. I can't wait to get him on the show. Again, that is the uh, Rewind, Recap, and Relive podcast. Uh, it'll be available when you're listening to this. So uh, check that out on YouTube. Uh, great guy, great show. Uh, again, he takes a young a young wrestler, an up-and-coming wrestler, pairs him up with a veteran. Uh, he just had Jake the Snake on his show last week with uh, Justin Sane, a local Toronto boy. It was an awesome listen, to. Uh, make sure you check it out. I'm going to try to convince him to get Danny Franchise on with uh, the Chalkmaster. Oh, my God. That would be great. <laughs> battle, battle of the botches. Exactly. All right. Until next time, we've been Counted Out. Cheers.